2: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned into to episode number 333 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Hamshack, and this is our weekender episode when we talk about upcoming events and special events and contests. And then we go into food and hedonism and liquor and all kinds of fun things. Uh, so the folks who are doing that for you tonight are the usual folks. We have me. I'm Russ K5TUX.
3: I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill N4RD.
1: And we're just going to dive right in and Bill is going to tell us about some upcoming amateur radio contests that, uh, you can work in the next week or two. And, uh, you might find yourself with a little extra time on your hands. So maybe you should, uh, try and do one or two of these. We'll, you know, give them a go anyway.
3: That's right. And if you don't hear the contest that is uh, being mentioned, uh, always check out contestcalendar.com. That's where we get all our information from. So, uh, yeah. So here's the ones I highlighted for this weekend. We have the Bart G HF Riddy contest. That's the British Amateur Radio Teledata Group. Uh, it uh, runs from 0200 Zulu March 21st to 0200 Zulu March 23rd. The mode is RIDI. It's 80 through 10 meters. No work. Uh, exchanges uh, signal strength serial number plus four digit time UTC. So that that's a real interesting one. <laughs> Lots of typing there. <coughs> I'm sure that you can. I'm sure your program will take care of that for you. Uh, we also have the uh, Russian DX contest, and that runs from twelve hundred Zulu March twenty first to twelve hundred Zulu March twenty second. Uh, the modes on that one are CW and single sideband. Uh, it's one sixty through ten. No work. And let's see the exchanges. If you're in Russia, it's RST plus two-character Oblast. If you're not in Russia, which most of you probably aren't, it's just an RST plus a serial number. So real easy for you. Uh, We have uh, one state running uh, their QSO party for the state QSO party challenge, and that state is Virginia. So check out that if you're collecting those state QSO parties. Uh Contest next weekend, we have the big one, the CQ Worldwide WPX Contest. That's the Prefix Contest, and that one runs from 0 Zulu March 28th to 2359 Zulu March 29th. The mode on that is single sideband. It's 160 through 10, no work. And exchange is a uh, uh, signal strength plus uh, serial number, so super super easy to get involved in that, and that's the one you try to collect all the all the prefixes of call signs like you know K eight and K five and ne four and all the fancy uh, DXCC entries and stuff like that. <clears throat> uh, we also have the uh, FOC QSO party. That's the First Class CW Operators Club, and that's running from uh, zero Zulu to twenty three fifty nine Zulu on March twenty eighth. The mode on that, of course, is CW, and it's 160 through 10. And let's see, the uh, FOC CUSO party, formerly known as the Bill Window CUSO party, the BWQP, is held twice a year and is open to all radio amateurs worldwide. It's not a contest, but rather an activity day in memory of Bill Windle, G8VG, who is now a silent key, uh, past chairman of the FOC, who was very keen that we should all be as active as possible on the bands. Station participating in the FOC QP uh, should call CQ a BW in the na- memory of Bill. And there are no states doing the QSO party that weekend, so uh, you're free to play on these two contests
1: all right very good so some amateur radio contests out there and uh one uncontest you can get uh or be a part of rather uh so for amateur radio special events we have a few listed here we have the main bicentennial this was mentioned in the last weekender but we're mentioning it again because it's uh still going on we have the uh Several call signs, uh, Kilo 1 Bravo through Whiskey 1 Yankee. A list of those will be in the show notes. Uh, This is going from March 16th at 0000 Zulu to March 22nd at 2359 Zulu, so still plenty of time to get involved in this. Frequencies are 160 through 2 meters, no repeaters. Uh, The Maine Bicentennial Special Event Committee has put together a special event with call signs recognizing Maine's original nine counties from when the state was chartered in 1820. There will also be three other special event stations operating from Jamison Tavern in Freeport, Portland, and Boston in recognition of their contributions to Maine statehood. Operations will take place on, as I said, HF six and two meters uh, modes are CW, phone, and digital. This allows all Maine amateur radio operators to participate in some form. There will be certificates available once logs are available from the various stations that contacted the special event operators. More details on that will be available. Uh, on the special event website, a link to which will be in the show notes. Uh, We also have coming up the anniversary of Alcatraz Federal Penitentiary's closing. Uh, This will be operational from March 20th, 0000 Zulu, through March 31st, 2359 Zulu. Call sign for this will be November 6th, Alpha Uh, Frequencies will be operating on or about 3815, 7265, 14265, and 21265. And the special event for the anniversary of the closing of the Federal Penitentiary on Alcatraz Island in San Francisco Bay on March twenty first, 1963. The link to additional information will be in the show notes. And we also have the Battle of Horseshoe Bend of the Creek Indian War anniversary. This will be operating from March 28th. Uh, 1400 Zulu to 2100 Zulu, call sign November 4 Hotel. Frequencies on are about 385, 7.28, and 14.25. And this commemorates the 206th anniversary of the Battle of Horseshoe Bend. This battle brought a close to the Creek War, made Andrew Jackson an American hero, and opened much of present-day Alabama for settlement. Uh self-addressed stamped envelope can be used for a QSL or uh Large envelope, 9 by 12 for QSL and certificate. Additional information uh, will be linked to in the show notes. So work those special event calls while you can. And uh, moving on from special events and amateur radio contests, we have a couple of announcements. The first one is one that everyone should know about at this point. But if you somehow don't, there will be no Hamvention in 2020. Uh, the executive council or whatever group oversees Hamvention has decided that due to COVID-19, they cannot, you know, in good conscience, I guess, have the event. So they have canceled it, which means we are subsequently uh canceling our Hamvention GoFundMe for at least this year. Uh, we will take those funds. We will put them in escrow and hold them for Hamvention 2021. So when our funding campaign rolls around for next time we will only have a goal of the difference uh between a thousand dollars and whatever we have uh received so far so there's that so thank you everybody for donating we will use the money for hamvention next year and we will see everybody next year unfortunately we don't get a chance to see you all this year so yeah (laughs) it is definitely a sad time
0: yes yes it is
1: so okay so i had a brainwave and and they were and uh, my co-hosts were asking me if i was going to tell them what was going to happen with this coffee giveaway before the next episode and i didn't tell them (laughs) 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 ha. so yeah
0: so so your dolls now
1: yes i'm going to tell you now. okay i was going to make it just kind of simple how many how many pounds of coffee do we have three three are we keeping one or are we just going to give them all away
0: oh we we kept a half a pound
1: Okay, so we have three full pounds. Yes, to give have three away. full pounds of coffee. Okay, so here's what's going to happen. We're just going to do it easy as I can think of a way to do it. That will be in order of highest to lowest donations, and then secondarily by time, like who got in first for our hand-mentioned campaigns. So if there are multiple donations of the same amount, it'll be whoever got in first, first, second, you know, third, third right whatever. Right. So I'm just going to go down the list, and I'm going to ask, you know, the highest donor, the highest first donor, and then the highest second donor, and so on down the list. Would you like a pound of our special blend of coffee? And if they say yes, then they'll get it. They'll (laughs) send it to you. (laughs) Seems pretty Uh, straightforward. (laughs) Right. And if they say no, then I just work down the the list until three pounds of coffee has been sent. So three people ultimately... We'll receive a pound of coffee each based on their donations to our handvention campaign. And it just depends on whether the first three people say yes or no or, or whatever, whatever. Right. until um, we get down to the bottom of the list
0: Yay.
3: and we'll give away coffee that way. So it seems fair to me. Yes, so. yes sir. <laughs> so we'll be announcing next episode who got that in the announcement section. That yes. is absolutely right. Yeah, because awesome.
0: Russ is going to spend a week trying to track everybody
3: down <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> get
0: answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we do want to recognize everybody. I mean, I can't recognize by name everyone right off the top of my head, but uh, we want to thank, thank, you, thank everybody. Everybody yeah. who's donated. Yeah, and uh, we will definitely hold those donations and uh, amass them with uh, next year. Next year's, and we'll see everybody there then. So there you go. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah.
0: Hopefully, the world has not ended between now and May. Fifteenth ish yeah. of next year, so
3: hey, I got a six hundred dollar credit in my Delta account. Yeah, yeah there you go. So you can use that for
1: next year, maybe. Yeah, if yeah. it holds on that long. Sometimes they don't uh, let you go out that far, but we'll see.
0: Well, no, it's from what I understand. Right now, they're giving everybody at least a year. Oh yeah, because yeah, so yeah. many people, so many right, conferences it's are getting so many canceled. People yeah,
1: have, yeah. All right, very good. So it's uh, just as a sort of semi joke (laughs) i put in uh the ham radio challenge for this week to just maintain your sanity while the world goes to shit around you (laughs) (laughs) seems seems
0: pretty logical yeah
1: (laughs) Seems safe yeah and staying safe yeah it's always good staying safe uh just do the stuff that makes sense keep your hands washed you know don't touch
0: your face yeah
1: try not to touch your face i know it's hard it's what humans do we touch our face (laughs) and uh you know, do your best to maintain your social distance and just try and keep things sane and reasonable. I mean it's all we can ask, I guess. So And so, don't
0: panic.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Grab a towel, don't panic. So yeah.
0: we survived H one N one. Yeah. We, we've survived a to survive lot of things. This, we're, yeah. we're gonna
1: come out on the top of this one too. So all right. So moving on to this weekend in open source, Bill is gonna tell us about a distribution you can try.
3: Yeah, this week's uh, distribution to try is the Manjaro KDE edition. Uh, Manjaro has been making the new circuit with their latest revision of this Arch-based OS, becoming the standard and default installation for the Pinebook Pro. While we have reviewed Manjaro in the past and gave it mixed reviews, those are mainly my reviews, uh, (laughs) mainly due to AUR packages installed from Git repos that like to update every... Yeah. Well, every time you hit update and, uh, maybe going too far with some of the kernel download customizations. Cause you know, you can select all kinds of, you know, <laughs> custom kernels, <laughs> get yourself in trouble. Maybe it's time to cozy back up with this easy to install arch based distro. I just downloaded the uh, raspberry PI four version to give it a whirl on my new PI. Um, actually I put it on my old PI four. <laughs> I was like, eh, I don't really have anything on that card. I need, um, and I, uh, I put the XFCE edition because I, I, I feel that the KDE edition is just a little, maybe a little too thick for the, uh, Raspberry Pi. Um, even though I got the 4 gig version. And, uh, yeah, I, I uh, I wrote the card literally 20 minutes before I came down here to start recording all this stuff. And, uh, it, it is running. I got it up to the point where I booted it and kind of just looked around at the system. I haven't installed anything yet except for what's already on the card. And I do have to say that when I had both monitors plugged in, uh, running dual headed, uh, the performance was a little, uh, a little impacted by that. So when I unplugged the second monitor, everything kind of started getting zippy again. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll continue to take a look at this and uh, hopefully probably be able to report back some probably the probably the next short segment uh, episode we do on, uh, on Manjaro on the Raspberry Pi 4 and uh, how that's working out. But, uh, yeah, you should go uh, take a look at it. Hey, it's always a good time to do some distro hopping when you have some spare time. If you're not ham radioing, why not do some distro hopping? So, check out Manjaro, uh, KDE, or XFCE editions.
1: All right. Very cool. So, uh, lots of stuff. And you're probably going to have some time to uh, test out these distributions. So, <laughs> give one or 17 a shot. Uh, to try them all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so
0: everybody's like, you know, sent to their home and told not to go, leave. Go to
1: DistroWatch and start top down. There you go. <laughs> um so, events coming up in the open source space. Uh, I think we can safely assume there aren't any. <laughs>
0: so, They've all been
3: canceled.
1: They have yeah.
0: all been canceled, yeah. <laughs> Everything is getting canceled. Right. So.
1: And if it's not canceled now, by the time this airs, it will be. It, it will be, be. yeah. <laughs> so, so there are no events coming up, sadly. Uh, hopefully, in the next uh, two, maybe one or two of these, maybe three,
3: uh, We'll, we'll be able to contract. start reporting yeah. on
1: these again, but obviously for now,
3: yeah. No go. Yeah. Well, yeah, just be on the lookout for a lot of these events going online only or, you know, maybe some online content that uh, maybe opens it up and makes the event free for people to attend. So it might be an opportunity to see some content and stuff like that that, uh, well, you know, normal yeah. circumstances wouldn't allow for. That, so, that's true. Uh,
1: um, with the ability for people to uh, stream pretty much anywhere, anytime, some of this stuff might wind up as online content. So that's a good thing to watch out for. Um, you know, just Google for it. And uh, I'm sure if if any of the major conferences have any uh, online content being put out, especially in the free realm where you can just uh, connect and uh, interact and, and view, um, they'll be announcing it. So just, just keep your eyes open. See what's out there. And so we can now dive into the world of hedonism. And we always start the world of hedonism with food because we all need food.
0: Really?
1: We do. Okay. And since a lot of stores are out of it, <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to like, try not to entice you too much, but we do want to talk about food. And Cheryl has a good recipe that she actually made over the weekend uh, that we had for our poker night gathering. So she's going to tell us what we had. Yeah. Oh, and it is, uh, you know, it's it's a little past now at this point. Um, couple of days, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a couple of days past uh, St. Patrick's Day, but you know, keeping in the sort of March, uh, you know, St. Patty's Day Irish, Irish thing. thing uh, yeah, that's that's what we're going for here. So, yeah.
0: so anyway, on Pie Day, which was Saturday, uh, we had our annual St. Patrick's Day Pie Day party. Uh, so I I fixed a menu of all Irish pie related items. And in that included pasties, which we have a local food truck that does wonderful pasties, uh, which are little, you know, hand handheld um, meat pies, for those that don't know. Um, and I made a shepherd's pie and many caramel apple pies, many apple pies, many Irish cream pies. Um, and because we food, serve food all night at our, our parties, buffet style, I had to modify the shepherd's pie to work in a slow cooker. So, Russ and several others gave this recipe for my shepherd's pie a two thumbs up. And a lot of people said it was absolutely amazing. So, for this, I used approximately a pound of ground beef, a small onion that was diced, a 12 to 16 ounce package of frozen peas and carrots. Some stores vary. I just, I think our store had 12 ounce. Um, A can or two of sliced mushrooms, uh, a tablespoon of minced garlic, a tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce, salt and pepper to taste, a sprinkle of thyme, dried thyme, a sprinkle of dried rosemary, a can of cream of mushroom soup, and then uh, you'll need some mashed potatoes and some shredded cheddar, which is optional. Um, you need to brown the ground beef, adding the onion in to soften as you do that, drain that. Place the beef, the onion, and all the rest of the ingredients except for the potatoes and cheddar in the slow cooker. Stir well. uh, Cook on low for three to four hours. In the last hour or so, add the mashed potatoes to the top as a crust for your pie. And place cheese on top of the potatoes if you like and serve that and everybody will probably like it so it
1: was excellent but you also do a lot of doctoring on your mashed potatoes you didn't really go into the mashed potatoes here but you do like salt and pepper and garlic and cream and butter and all All kinds kinds of
0: of crap yeah. yeah
1: so so that kind of uh adds to the the unctuous wonderfulness of the shepherd's pie but you know, it's just saying if you've got a little extra time to throw in a spice or two or whatever into the food you're making, you know, just uh, kick it up a
0: notch. That that is, going to get
1: sued for that, I'm sure. But <laughs>
0: no, that that is the that is the, the 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 true meaning of cooking is spices and seasonings. That that can take something from super bland to super amazing, and just a few seconds so right. and
1: you can use hutch's magic word tarragon, tarragon. no <laughs> time
0: no, no it's uh, tarragon
1: was the thing that he always says well no
0: he uses tarragon he uses thyme. he uses rosemary yeah because what i usually get when i get there is rosemary chicken po'boy so right which i've been craving for a couple of days and his garlic <laughs> soup so i have recipes for both though so well, there you go yep
3: hey, you don't always soup. have to use salt <laughs> And there now, are plenty of other options besides salt. Right, now, right.
0: and I, I, we do not use, because of, I have congestive heart failure, we do not use a lot of salt in this house. So I have to make up with it, make up for it using thyme and rosemary and other spices. We do use a little bit of salt. I do use a little bit of MSG and stuff, um, and just purely to bring the flavors out and stuff but a lot of times i bring flavor out using garlic or peppers you know or thyme or rosemary or whatever so yeah salt is something that i will buy a container of salt you know one of the little jugs of salt once every five years probably (laughs) but when we go to his i and i complain when we go to russ's mom's house because she uses she complains but she uses so much salt i can't eat her food you know i and i i've told russ i can't i complain about mcdonald's having a lot of sodium in their food and i'm just like i can't i can't eat your mom's food he's like why and i was like have you seen her cook dinner tonight probably two cups of salt and everything on the on the stove
1: not two cups of salt <laughs>
0: there's a, she was a <laughs> lot of salt and everything
1: compared to compared to us she uses a lot of salt a compared to a salt. normal cook she uses a normal amount of salt
0: yeah And no, i'm just so. like no i can't do that No. so right. but yeah I just, I have a lot of problems without, yeah, and I, I suffer, yeah, for a week after we get home from her house. I, I completely suffer, and my doctor will be like, oh, so you've been to Russ's parents' house this week, haven't you? And I'm like, "Eh, yeah, (laughs) he's like, yeah, I noticed in your blood work, and I'm like, thanks, so,
3: yeah.
1: All right, enough, enough about my mother and salt, it's fine.
3: (laughs) Speaking of single salts. Yes. Oh, I mean malt. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> malt, salt. Something like that. Oh.
1: <laughs> so we have a a confusing dram tonight. Um <laughs> uh Aberlore twelve year Speyside single malt. And the reason this is confusing is because it is a Speyside. but on the bottle it doesn't say Speyside. it says Highland. And this is where we get into that confusing Area because Speyside is recognized as a region in Scotland for the production of whiskey. However, Speyside is in the Highlands, <laughs> so yeah. So you could call this either one, but since we're going to try and be a little more specific, um, we're going to call it a Speyside. So. Uh, Their description, their own description of their whiskey is all our single malts are made with the best local ingredients of barley and soft water from nearby mountain Benrin. Our expertly crafted new spirit is usually matured for a minimum of 12 years, both in the finest handpicked Oloroso Chevy butts and American oak barrels. It's this double cask maturation which subtly brings together the characteristic of each cask to create a truly rich and rewardingly complex range of single malts. The 12-year-old expression is a fine example of how the distinctively crisp citrus character of Aberlore's new distillate is definitely softened by double cask maturation as the mellowed spirits within are combined to deliver a subtly balanced flavor. And, well, that's a lot of words. So, anyway, that's how they describe their own 12-year single malt. And uh, I'm just going to tell you what I think of it. So, the mash bill on this, of course, is it's 100% malted barley because it is, in fact, a single malt scotch. The ABV on it is disappointing. It's a 40% or 80 proof. Um, usually when... Scotches, especially single malts, are distilled and bottled at 40%. It's a compromise. And I honestly believe this is no different. Uh, the region on this is, uh, not surprisingly, Aberlore in Strathspey, Scotland, which is, of course, in Speyside. Uh, the color on it is a, is a golden amber with a little bit of a mahogany sort of reddish tint to it. Um, the nose on it. And, uh, I think I said this about one other scotch that I reviewed. I just can't remember which one it was is there are a lot of different flavors here, both on the nose and on the palate, but the combination of all of these things does not lend itself to be particularly interesting. Um, so just because there is some complexity here doesn't make it good. (laughs) So I know I'm not starting (laughs) off with, uh, high marks here but um on the nose um I, I took about three different reviews and i put all of their um findings in my notes and then i put in the stuff that i found extra took out the stuff that i didn't find and left in whatever we sort of agreed on so for the nose what's left here is walnut uh, very specifically walnuts uh red apples like red delicious apples, butter, like on buttered toast, uh, raisins, and toasted oak. Uh, Very distinctly, all of those different uh, scents on the nose. For the taste, um, there's a citrus fruit, sort of indistinguishable citrus fruit. Could be orange, could be lemon, could be something along those lines uh definitely tastes sherry uh because of the maturation in sherry casks um cinnamon very light on the cinnamon and sometimes i detected it sometimes i didn't uh you definitely get that butter on the taste still maple raisins dried banana and i think the dried banana is a combination of a sort of a banana yepery sort of non citrus fruit combined with the oak uh, which gives me this sense of dried banana. And you definitely get a little bit of chocolate at the end and the oak char because it has been in barrels for at least 12 years. Uh, then on the finish, um, it's warm. One might say even a little bit uh, acetone or hot, which is kind of surprising since this is bottled at 40%. Uh, you really shouldn't have that in something bottled at a proof so low, but it's kind of there. And it lends itself a slightly bitter quality uh to the finish um over the top of the actual flavors, including raisin, sherry, honey, chocolate, and a little bit of clove. Uh, and certainly some barrel spice in there as well. So overall there's a lot of different things you can pull out of this. Um I just find this really uninteresting and the combination of flavors don't really work for me. Um which is pretty consistent with the space that I've had. I'm not really the sort of sherry matured space malts are not really my wheelhouse. Um, that being said, if you like classic space sherry aged space malts, um, this is going to rate a lot higher for you. But for me, um, I was going to rate an 85. I kicked it up to an 86 just because it's slightly better today than the first time I tried it. (laughs) Um, So I am going to give it an 86. Um, It's improving. Yeah, 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 it is. It's improving slightly. Um, One thing I will say is because this dram has a bunch of different flavors in it that in and of themselves are not particularly interesting... One time, I added five drops of Ardbeg 10, which is a very strong, smoky Isla Scotch, into an ounce and a half of this. And that made a really good glass of whiskey.
0: (laughs) I actually snagged a swig of that just a second ago. The finish on it, I'm still tasting it, is like Red Delicious Apple, major, big time. Okay,
1: so you get more apple on the finish, too. Oh, yeah, I
0: get tons of apple on the finish.
1: I get plenty of apple in the taste, but it doesn't the other stuff sort of lasts longer to me than the apple. Yeah, but
0: no, the I'm, I'm still tasting apple. So
1: Okay. Well, there's a lot of apple in there apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh 86 it's it's, you know, it's not it's not in my wheelhouse and I I'll, I'll say that for sure. If this if these are the kinds of scotches you like, you're going to like this a lot. It's a uh, very
0: mild scotch.
1: It is and the the proof has something to do with that and yeah. the fact that it it's just I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't light up any synapses or taste bugs or anything like that. It's just, it's that's pretty funny. mediocre, but
0: I'll drink it. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm, I'm drinking. He's
0: already, he's already pawned off like three bottles on me. I've already finished them off. So, Jeez, like, all um, right, whatever, so. And,
1: and the other thing that's sort of a detraction for me is, um, this is a 12 year old, which sort of, um, Dictates the price that you're going to pay, but this is a forty-five and possibly higher dollar bottle of whiskey. So, to me, there's just much better stuff for they, much less they, money. So,
0: Aberlour has four levels: twelve, sixteen, eighteen, and the Abrenda. Abenad. Abenad. Okay, sorry. Uh, that's that's the only things they offer. Right. So.
1: Yeah. So this is their bottom end, and maybe some of the maybe the eighteen or something is is better, but yeah. And I'm I'm guessing because this is bottled at forty percent that it's probably colored, and it's probably chill filtered. Um, it doesn't
0: say on their website.
1: Yeah, they're not going to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that doesn't add value to it. <laughs> it does not add value yeah. to it. No, it actually takes value away. So, but anyway, there it is. Uh, Aberlore Twelve Space Single Malt. So if you want to try something like that, if you're into space sides, um, you know, go for it. It's just doesn't float my boat but anyway we're going to talk about bill's uh beverage of choice for tonight which is apparently not an
3: ipa <laughs> oh my god so beer. It's yeah, so no it's not bad. no it's not oh, it's even bourbon. beer.
0: <laughs> oh wow it's bourbon <laughs> yeah yeah Yay, And i had graduating. a check I,
3: I had thought you've done this one before but you actually did the barrel strength i did the barrel strength yes yeah, So i had a look that was on episode 291 so this is actually the the regular. Bullet bourbon out of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. And I, I was at the, I was at the liquor store the other day getting my supplies. Guns <laughs> up. For yeah. the COVID thing, yeah. you know, cause they got, I don't know. They might run out of booze. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I picked up a, I picked up a bottle of tequila and, uh, I got a bottle of rum, you know, I was like, I'm just getting all the food groups. So then I said, well, oh, I have yeah. to get a bottle of whiskey as well. So uh, I got this, uh, and I couldn't really decide. And I didn't really want to spend that much. (laughs) Right. And I've seen this one a a few times, and I'm like, ah, fine. It says Louisville. You know, of course, my wife uh, would normally be going to Louisville in May to – to her residency for her mfa program but we're not gonna go so this long. year oh it's, it's not probably, happening it most likely is canceled we haven't got confirmation yet but most likely oh. we're not going which means i'm not going to be able to go down to kentucky to do some bourbon trail stuff with my uh, father-in-law so uh i figured i would just buy what i could buy here from there so that's what i bought yeah this is a 90 proof uh 45 abv uh bourbon it's uh well, whatever, sixty eight percent corn, twenty eight percent rye, four percent m like the barley. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely a high rye bourbon, so yes. Yeah. It's uh it's pretty good. I mean comparatively to other stuff, I don't know, probably not as good, but um it's 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 not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm drinking it straight right now, so no ice, no nothing, and um I'm not uh turned off by it. So I yeah, it's that says something. <laughs> You're, you're gonna get
1: a little bit of that sort of dry anisey wheat uh not wheat but uh grainy aspect from the fact that it's such a high rye content so if you're if you're used to drinking some of that other stuff like the wild turkey and the mm-hmm. like the larceny, which is a weeded and and stuff that's like a more classic low rye bourbon, you're gonna get a different profile out of this for sure,
3: yeah, yeah well it tastes good, so I can't really uh can't really read it. <laughs> on your scale but uh i know you didn't review the barrel strength very well but i think there were some other issues with that i can't remember exactly what it was i was gonna go listen to it but i didn't have enough time (laughs) bullet there's there's nothing wrong with bullet but i again
1: he's not a huge fan i'm not a huge fan of high rye bourbon so Ah. uh there there i've met a few high rye bourbons and a few actual rye whiskeys that i like but on the whole yeah just not not generally a fan. <laughs> Not a fan. Okay. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. Well, there there is a doctor in um, Bel- uh, Bulgaria that he claims that pounding liquor can prevent coronavirus. <laughs> so just remember that. Just for those of us that are drinkers.
1: Well, between you're probably safe. Pounding liquor and silver solution, we are all
3: set. So. Yeah. Oh no, no. Disinfect from the inside out.
0: They the the silver solution thing from Jim Baker was yeah they did they no, did. <laughs> i know
3: i know
1: it's the same thing as the 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 liquor <laughs> yeah but you know what i don't care because at least i'll be enjoying my demise <laughs> or whatever <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: my 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 whole thing on this is we're all going to survive
1: i am pretty sure yes, that we're all going yeah. to survive yeah well, we're not all going to survive. I mean, because we can stay that for the you know, well, okay, like us in this room. Yeah, we're all going to survive. But like, right. yeah, in general, no, yeah. we're now, not there, all there survive.
0: will be some deaths because there are the elderly and stuff. But overall, you know, those of us that even get exposed to it, we're probably going to make it through it. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- so. Most
1: people, I mean, a vast, vast majority of people will be, will be fine. overall unaffected ultimately. Yeah. So yeah
0: yeah you'll have you'll have a, a cough and a fever from from the people that have got it right now
1: ted in the chat room says i hear you should just wear a chicago bears jersey then you won't catch you
0: anything. won't catch anything yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> just like
1: the rest of the team yeah so in, i've seen that insert yeah. the team you hate in there
0: and oh there no no it, it's it's floating around everywhere just yeah. just wear something chicago related Bears, whatever, (laughs) Cubs, Bears, whatever—you'll be
1: fine.
0: (laughs) It would also probably apply to Kansas City Royals because they don't do too well either.
1: (laughs) Well, nobody's doing anything sporting-wise, so it doesn't really matter at this point. Nobody is catching anything. Yeah, when it it comes to sports, so
0: yeah, we have season tickets to St. Louis Cardinals minor league, and yeah, they're—they've pushed opening day back until for a month, so. Yeah, we're kind of curious what that's going to come out. Yeah, I know all the
3: spring training stuff's been canceled and stuff like that in Florida. So yeah,
0: yeah, you know our our opening day was like April fifteenth, and now they're saying it's going to be like if if things warrant it, May twelfth. I'm like, okay, so we have paid, we have season tickets for a season of eighty games.
1: Oh, they'll probably how how is that going to
0: work out? So
1: well, before we go off on another rant about COVID, let's just end this now. (laughs) and uh spare the episode at all right yeah Yeah,
0: exactly so
1: and we will then instead mention the folks who joined us for the program live tonight we had chris k-t-u-x don kb2ysi ted w-a-0-e-i-r tom n4-h-a-i dan kb6-n-u don kc9-z-m-y and steve k7-h-v-t so thanks everybody for tuning There's sean
3: too did you get oh we had sean v6 sar So, Sean just popped in there at the last minute to get caught. So, we got him.
1: (laughs) We got him. Sean, V E six S A R. Excellent. So, thank you to everyone who tuned in and listened to us live. We hope uh, everyone is healthy and safe and that the world comes back to normal as soon as it possibly can. (laughs) And in the meantime, we will still put out three episodes every two weeks until life returns to normal. Uh, so with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this hedonism-filled episode of The Weekender. This has been episode number 333 Woo-hoo! of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ K5TUX.
3: I'm Charles W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD73. 73